Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. It's our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we're back. That's right, due to popular demand, we have came up with a great dig grab bag volume two for you to enjoy. That's right. If you, you know, haven't checked out volume one by some chance, you need to do that as well. But what this is, is for the folks who's already heard volume one and have asked for more crate digging jazz vibes. So we, we, we listened and we delivered. So we are providing you with a Volume 2 episode uh, of our crate digging experience here at the podcast to give you 12 more groovy tracks for your summer enjoying experience. So first thing we'd like to say here from the podcast point of view is thank you all so much uh, for listening, for writing in to us, uh, for expressing, you know, your appreciation and you know just the fact that you're a fan of the same groovy music the same way that we are so hopefully you will dig volume two uh, as much as we did in order to try and um, muster up some more you know just groovalicious music for you so um, as I said before in the previous episode uh, the crate dig grab bag volume one what this is, is just a chance for you to have um, some exposure to under-the-radar artists. Uh, some of them come from, you know, uh, record labels such as Strata East. Um, others come from, like, the Black Jazz record label. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, these names are not as talked about as, like, Coltrane or Pharaoh Sanders or, you know, Archie Shep. Or the Art Ensemble of Chicago, even. So, it doesn't negate the fact that it's awesome, awesome music. So, that's what we are providing for you, for your summer enjoyment experience. Whether you're outside working on um, something in the yard, or whether you're inside working on something for the house. If you're just grilling some food, whatever you're doing. If you're just spending some time with some friends and hanging out, and catching up. We, we offer... 12 groovy tracks for you in that process. So, without further ado, sit back, chill out, grab a beverage, and enjoy 12 more scintillating tracks from our Crate Dig Grab Bag Volume 2 here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Enjoy. Thank you. 
right. So that funky track was titled The Connection, and it is by the group The Oneness of Juju from their album Space Jungle Love, L-U-V, from 1976. Yeah. So a little bit about The Oneness of Juju. Um, This is the review of this album by John Bush. On all music, it says the message was enormous, enormously positive on the debut Oneness of Juju record. And for the follow up, band leader Plunky Branch developed a lighter, more free sound to parallel the consciousness raising themes. Make no mistake, the group plays just as tight as on the album African Rhythms, their first album. But here, the emphasis is on creating an atmosphere instead of approximating a religious ritual. As on the first record, the opener is the hands-down highlight. Plunky latches onto a short, playful theme, stretches it out, stretches it out into a vibrant solo, and returns it to and returns to it often over the course of 8 minutes. So, pianist Joe Bonner also contributes a solid solo. And the rest is, yeah, just wonderful. There's no doubt about it. So hopefully you dug that track. The Oneness of Juju, you can't go wrong. All of their stuff is groovy. That's the point. Whether it's this album, Space Jungle Love, or if it's their first album, African Rhythms. In the middle of that set, we heard the ensemble All Salaam with a track called Vibration Love Call, and this comes up on the Strata East label from 1974. Fred Kwaku Crawley is on percussion as well as vocals. Kalik Abdul Aruf is on alto sax, soprano sax, tenor sax, piccolo flute, alto flute, concert flute. Leroy Seals is on the Fender bass and on vocals. Andre Strobert is on the drums. Mashuja Aliye Salamu is on the electric guitar. Uh, Bevan Turnbull is on the pian- acoustic piano and electric piano, as well as vocals. And Beatrice Parker also provides some vocals. It's just an awesome album. There's lots of this kind of 70s groove to it. Uh, and on top of that, it's a Strata East label record, so you know it's going to be quality. Uh, recorded May 25th, 1974 in White Plains, New York at Minnow Studios. Yeah, and it comes from their album, The Sojourner. The Ensemble Al Salam. Then we started off the set with the track, Why Can't We Live Together? From a, a group simply known as the Congas, but with a K instead of a C. And this group uh, consists of Andre Allais, Marc Cerrone, Norbert Giorno, Patrick Sesti, Raymond Donnez, Sergei Tonini, Sylvain Claude. And uh, this band, the Congas, uh, formed in France in the early 1970s. The Congas boasted several members that would change the face of disco music. 
Among them, Don Ray and Cerrone. So there you go. I guess Don Ray is a a surname for Raymond Donez. He just switched the two. So <clears throat> yeah, it's a very strange little album. It's got uh, this kind of crocodile on the front. So, but lots of groovy tracks. So hopefully you dug that too. Remember, we are spotlighting our crate dig explorations and providing you with the grooves that we found from here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. So hopefully you are digging it and uh, you're enjoying your time as you dig the podcast. Uh, One more time, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your day or evening. We do appreciate it. We're nothing without you. Remember, the Dr. Jazz Podcast is truly just a labor of love. We're not making a dime on this. In fact, we actually have to pay in order to upload it to a platform, etc. So, um, so yeah, if you know somebody who would dig these kind of grooves, if you've got DJ friends or just friends who love, you know, just awesome beats, please share the podcast with them. Uh, we'd love to have some more listeners. Uh, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, etc. We are there. And then if you're trying to jot down all these tracks or these artists or whatever albums they come off of, don't worry about any of that. We've got all that covered for you. Just go to our website, which is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And there you can find out all the album artwork, tracks, and the artists listed in the order in which we play them. That way you know what to go crate digging for yourself. And if you'd like to contact us, simply go to the top of the page, click contact, and there you can uh, hit that button. It will take you to a blank page which will you can craft your email you hit send and we will respond back to you so if there's some awesome grooves that we missed that is in line with these kind of tunes that you think that we should hear uh, we'd love to know about them so please write to us if you've got some suggestions awesome so enough talking from us let's get to the next set of music which is going to be just as hip so don't go anywhere you're listening to crate dig grab bag volume two here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
So that track was Oma Obi Dia by none other than <clears throat> Oliver De Koch and his Expo 76. Yeah. From the album Ogin Sound Super of Africa. And a little bit about Oliver De Koch. Oliver Sunday Akanite uh, was born in April 1947, passed away in June 2008, but he's better known by his stage name, Oliver De Koch. And he was a Nigerian guitarist and one of Africa's most prolific recording artists. He started playing music at the age of 11 and was taught to play the guitar by a Congolese guitarist living in Nigeria. De Kock was an apprentice of Juju musicians Sonny Agaga and Jacob Oluwali and became locally well-known by the time he was only a teenager. De Kock received international attention after performing in London in 1973 and his guitar work was featured in Prince Nico Mabarga's 1977 album Sweet Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in addition to his solo work, De Cook frequently played with the Igede, Igede International Band led by his brother Eugene. He was awarded an honorary degree in music from the University of New Orleans and had four sons. So there you go. Interesting uh, little tidbit about Oliver de Koch. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, I know that we did over here at the podcast. Uh, before that, we heard Street Rap by Maulawi. I'm probably butchering this, so I completely apologize. Maulawi Nururdin. Yeah. And it comes from the album Maulawi on Strata Records from 1974. And uh, Joyce Major was on vocals. Al Eric and Rufus Reed were on bass. Um, let's see. Adam Rudolph and Silas King were on congas. Andy Potter and Michael Fuller were on drums. Jim Kalen was on the piano. Uh, Diane Cunningham was also on vocals. And Maulawi... Uh, was on saxophones. Yeah. And he also composed um, a good many, half of these, over half of these tracks on the album. So there you go. Good stuff. Yeah. It was recorded in September 73 in Chicago and released in 1974 on Strata Records out of Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we started off that set with a tune called Thailand Stick by Babatunde Lee and Phenomena from the album Levels of Consciousness. Interesting story about Babatunde Lee. He was born Michael Lee in Danville, Virginia. Uh, but he is an American percussionist who plays Afro-Cuban jazz and world beat, and he took his name from the Nigerian drummer Babatunde Olatunji. And if that sounds familiar, 
then you may have recounted uh, the Coltrane tune, Tunji, which was dedicated to Baba Tunde Alatunji. Uh, Michael Lee was raised in Inglewood, New Jersey. And um, while regularly commuting to 116th and Amsterdam in New York, where the rest of his family lived, after moving from his birthplace, which is Danville, Virginia. His aunt was one of the first women to play in a marching band. He began drumming at the age of 11, and when he, without drumming experience, helped a drum line get a rhythm right. Go figure. So he's natural. That same year, his cousin took him to go see Baba Tunde Olatunji and his Drums of Passion. And Olatunji's influence was so great that Michael took on his first name, hence becoming Babatunde Lee. At 16, he participated in, in a professional recording session with Ed Townsend. In 68, he moved to San Francisco, where he joined Baracoto, led by Bill Summers. He joined a band called Juju, which, re, which relocated to Richmond, Virginia in the early 70s. In 1977, he moved back to San Fran, and he played with many well-known jazz artists, such as Stan Getz, Joe Henderson, McCoy Tyner, Randy Weston, Oscar Brown Jr., Mark Murphy, and even Van Morrison. He also, in 1993, founded the Educultural Foundation, a California 501c3 educational nonprofit organization based in Vallejo, California. He also would wind up working with vocalist Leon Thomas and Pharaoh Sanders. In 2010, he moved to Pennsylvania to teach at Gettysburg College. And this is the final thing I'm going to say about Baba Tunde Lee. He says of all of his work, Quote, I strive to make my compositions functional, which is an African take on the arts. The purpose I try to imbue my music with is that our growth as human beings should strive toward an anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-homophobic, egalitarian, democratic, universal society. And I don't care how many lifetimes it takes to get there. I consider myself an activist as well as a musician and consider myself an agent of change. End quote. So, that's a little bit about Baba Tunde Lee. If you'd like to visit his website, go to Baba Tunde Lee, that's L-E-A at the end, dot com. So, yeah. Some great stuff going on there. All right, so... We've got, we're about halfway through. We've got two more great sets coming at you uh, on some fantastic tunes that we have dug through the crates to find for you to enjoy. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Crate Dig Grab Bag Volume 2 here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
So that was the Southern Energy Ensemble with a tune simply called Energy from their 1993 album for Black Fire Records entitled Southern Energy. And who makes up the Southern Energy Ensemble? Well, that's Al Clark on alto sax, soprano sax, and flute, Michael Pitt on the bass, Adolphus Maples and Tony Joyner on the congas, William Johnson on the drums and percussion. We have Nathaniel Lee or Nat Lee on the piano, electric piano, uh, clavinet, and synthesizers. And uh, Marvin Daniels on the trumpet and flugelhorn. And then uh, we also have Adolphus Maples, Al Clark, Marvin Daniels, Michael Pitt, and Tony Joyner all playing the Shakira. So, yeah, just a really groovy band. Um, I just love this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm absolutely, you know, just I have a soft spot for a funk groove like that. Doesn't matter what era. So hopefully you dug it as well. Before that, we heard a tune called Hassan's Walk by flautist and alto saxophonist Dadisi Komolafe. And uh, <clears throat> if you recall the last podcast, you recall uh, Nate Morgan and the journey into Negritia, in which it featured the saxophone playing of Dadisi. And so I figured, hey, let's feature Dadisi. You know, so his album um, is entitled Hassan's Walk. And that's the track that we heard. And we got to hear his great flute playing on that. And of course, that this was recorded in 1983 for Nimbus West Records. I believe out of New Mexico. But... It just features a great band of um, Roberto Miranda on the bass, Sunship Theus on the drums, Eric Tillman on the piano, and a gorgeous vibe solo by Ricky Kelly, in addition to some great flute playing by Dadisi. So, yeah, this is uh, just a really beautiful tune, and hopefully you dug it as well. And then we opened up with the absolute funky sounds of John Lee and Jerry Brown playing Infinite Jones, in which uh, it comes from an album by the exact same title. That not only that, but it features two great players in Chris Hines and the one and only Gary Bartz. That's right. Absolutely killer plan by Bartz on this. But uh, let me give you a little backstory real quick. So bassist John Lee and drummer Jerry Brown were a formidable duo in the 1970s, recording frequently and playing with some of the biggest names in jazz. John Lee gigged around New York in the early 70s with Joe Henderson, Pharaoh Sanders, and the Max Roach Quartet before relocating to Europe in 1972, where he met fellow expatriate Jerry Brown. The two began working together in Dutch flautist Chris Hines's fusion-oriented group, the Chris Hines Combination. By 1973, 
Lee and Brown had officially joined forces and recorded their debut debut album, Infinite Jones, which we heard right there, for the Keytone label in 1974. The pair returned to America in 1975 and were invited to record for the prestigious Blue Note Records label, which by this point had unfortunately lost a lot of its luster and direction. Indeed, the John Lee and Jerry Brown duo was one of the last new acts the old Blue Note label signed. Their return to America found the pair working together quite often. It also allowed both to do other high-profile work. So, in 1975, John Lee joined Larry Coryell's 11th house and stayed there with Coryell until 1977. He was also heard on Earl and Carl Grubbs's Motherland album for Muse Records, Joaquin Kuhn's Hip Elegy, Hubert Eaves's Esoteric Funk, Carlos Garnett's New Love, Jasper Van Hoff's However, Alphonse Muzon's Puisay, Leave That Boy Alone, and Dizzy Gillespie's Symphony Sessions. Jerry Brown was captured on several tracks of Stanley Clark's breakout album School Days, Patrice Russian's Posh, and briefly joined Return to Forever for the group's final albums, Music Magic and Live from 1977 and 1978, respectively. So, you can see or hear that these are some hardcore jazz cats. So there is no doubt that in the company of these two cats, plus Chris Hines and Gary Bartz, that we got the results that we did for the track Infinite Jones. So hopefully you dug all those tracks as much as we did. <clears throat> we have one more track, one more set coming at you. So don't go anywhere. But before we do that, quickly want to say, remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz podcast wherever you find your podcasts. So please share with a friend if you think they would dig some of these tracks. <clears throat> Secondly, don't forget to check out our website to find out all the artists' names, track names, and the album artwork in the order in which they're played per every episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And in order to go to the website, it is Dr. Jazz Podcast. D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And there you can find out all that info. Plus, you can hit contact And we would love to hear from you if you've got some awesome groovy songs that you found through your crate digging experience. And who knows? They may be featured on a future episode of the podcast. So hit us up with any suggestions or ideas or just any words whatsoever. If it helped you enjoy your summer, if you had a great cookout next to this kind of music, we'd love to know that too. So hit us up and we will write you back. So enough talking from us. Let's get to our last groovy set of music here on the Crate Dig Grab Bag Volume 2 edition of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thanks for listening.
us to live in peace. I hope to love each other. What exactly are you looking for? Remember this vanity.
So let's go through these last three tracks. They're all awesome. Hopefully you've dug them all. The very first track that we started off with was a tune called Kulu Tempa. Looks like Kulu Temper, but it's Kulu Tempa. And it's by the band known as Lagbaha or Lajbaha. Not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but it's basically led by this masked um, instrumentalist and singer-songwriter who turns out that it is actually Bisade Olagunde. And he's a Nigerian Afrobeat musician, singer-songwriter, saxophonist, percussionist, um, mainly known as Lag- Lagbaha, or Lajbaha, uh, for his signature use of a mask which covers his identity. Uh, he believes in social reform through music, and the Ologunde adopted the name, he adopted the name Lajbaha, which means Jane Doe or John Doe, a person whose name identity is intentionally concealed in Yoruba, in the Yoruba tradition. Uh, so, he embarked on his career in the early 90s, and his name is reflected in his choice of stage attire. So, a slitted textile and a rubber mask adop- adopted so that the artist represented the common man in keeping with the carnival tradition of Yoruba culture. So, uh, the track that we heard was Hulu Timpa, which comes from the album Seitun African Thing. And yeah, that comes. That was recorded in 1996. And some people uh, say that his saxophone tone is akin to that of John Coltrane and Pharaoh Sanders. So, after that, we heard "Blue Lights" by the skipper himself, the living legend, the bassist Henry Franklin. And we heard. Um, Blue Lights from the album The Skipper at Home from his 1974 release on Black Jazz Records. The Skipper at Home. Um, Killer band Oscar Brashear is on trumpet. Al Hall is on trombone. Charles Owens on tenor. Sax, uh, Kimang Sunduza. Uh, Bill Henderson on soprano sax. Uh, Kenny Klimas on the guitar. Ndugu Leon Chancellor was on the drums and, of course, on the bass and the leader, Henry Franklin, who has played with everyone. Uh, you name it. And he has played with them. So, Hampton Hawes, um, Gene Harris, Willie Bobo, Archie Smith, Stevie Wonder, Al Jarreau, Sonny Chris, everybody. So, there you go. Um... Then we ended the set with Ain't It The Truth, which is by the band Catalyst. The band Catalyst was a funk jazz quartet from Philly whose material presaged the work of later jazz fusion artists. And the group was discovered by Skip Drinkwater, who signed them to Muse Records. Um, In 1972, they had a self-titled LP with Eddie Green on the keyboards and vocals, Sherman Ferguson on the percussion, Odeon Pope on the saxophone, flute, and oboe, and Alfonso Johnson on the bass. So, Alfonso Johnson eventually left to go to Weather Report, 
and was replaced by Tyrone Brown. Uh, there was a lot of comparisons to Coltrane, Weather Report, Return to Forever. Um, they returned in 1974 with another album, and it featured Billy Hart in addition to its other core members. <clears throat> in the 19... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, this, the, t- the track that we heard, Ain't It the Truth, uh, was covered by Yuri Kane on keyboards, Questlove on drums, and Christian McBride on bass on their album, The Philadelphia Experiment. So, hopefully you dug this, you know, all three of these tracks and this entire episode of the podcast just as much as we'd have. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of groovy music. Um, hopefully the sequel did not fall short of the uh, the first uh, crate digging grab bag and you've enjoyed yourself so in the famous words of Duke Ellington you're very kind you're very sincere you're very gracious you're very beautiful and we do love you man and so until next time ashes to ashes dust to dust Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.